raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hopefully you're at least just now, if you haven't already woken up, at least you're waking up now after the championship game last night that saw the tip happen at 920, which is something I completely forgot about heading into this game. It's what we do with college athletics. We have this with the college football playoff as well. Are you tired, Wes, after watching that championship game tip off at 920? Uh, not at all. Okay, I mean, I normally stay up about that late anyway. At like midnight or so? I thought you were saying you were not. I thought it was earlier you were like not here for the 920 late tip. No, I didn't like the fact that the game did start so late. But mm-hmm. most nights I'm up about that late as far as when it ended. Okay. Well, I'm glad you have. I'm expecting all the energy but in the But I know world. a lot of kids can't watch that game, though. I, man, I would... I remember I was so worried that my mom would send me to bed before I was able to watch the entirety of the championship game from the beginning to one shining moment at the end. And my yeah. mom always assured me, but it was always going to go past my bedtime, but she would let me stay up and watch it. She <laughs> That's would. what's up. Because college, college basketball, the tournament, I remember the first time I was able to do it. It was the 2000 tournament with the heels getting to the final four, but Michigan State winning next year. Same thing. Arizona Duke. I wanted to stay up and watch it all. So yeah, Ted, what's your philosophy on that like if your kid wanted to stay up and watch it would you let him or is it bedtime uh, nah, for him no nah, he gotta go to bed. <laughs> he's gotta go to bed yeah why well, you're not gonna let him watch a party just a little bit not no a little bit but not all the way to the end it's late it definitely yeah. goes late fitty did you get your sleep last night or did you stay up and watch the whole thing and then even more so yeah no i stayed up i went to bed at about one o'clock in the morning are you i can feel the energy is a little low for you today so you know but i'm not gonna sit here and, and complain like other people do about staying up to watch a game when you know, for a lot of people, that's our job is to stay up and watch sports. Okay, very good. Um, I don't know. Is that a shot at somebody in particular or is that so? Is that just in general? The industry as a whole, I'm coming after today. Oh, yeah, you're in a it's been a weird energy from you the last two days. <laughs> I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't you've not allowed me to quite put my finger on it. But there's something weird about you the last two days that uh-huh. I just can't quite guess. <laughs> Is there something you want to say? Do I need to move on? Well, yes, you need to move on. All right, let's move on. Let's go ahead and let's talk about this championship game last night. Plus, at the very end of this segment, do not let me forget, text us on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. We're giving out Charlotte Hornets tickets. 
tonight against Toronto, the second game that they've had at the Spectrum Center. Not right now. Don't call in right now. But at the end of the segment, call in, and we will give away Hornets tickets. Do not hesitate to text me. Let me know because I am liable to forget. So we'll do that at the end of the segment. Let's get off the bus talking about the championship right now. Video, open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. The library guy wrote in as a kid, national championship games were the only time I was able to stay up late on school nights. And if you stayed up for that one, you got a little drama with about seven minutes to go in the second half. San Diego State brought it within five. They started off hot, by the way. They were hitting a lot of shots. And then I thought, okay, San Diego State coming out offensively looking very good. They got good shots and then they hit them. But you always knew UConn had the offensive firepower to possibly come back and not only come back, but even separate themselves in a big way. Eventually they would. They would end up winning the championship by double digits once again. And it turned out to be not the greatest game in the world. I didn't think it was awful, though. Wes, you had different ideas. You thought it was a pretty awful championship <laughs> Yeah, I game. mean, if I didn't have to do this for my job, I wouldn't have watched it at all. I would have watched Monday Night Raw or something else. Because, like I said, I had not a lot of interest in this game. This tournament as a whole uh, has been a downer, in my opinion. Just the lack of star power, the lack of dominant teams. I just wasn't that interested uh, in this game. And the fact that you knew that UConn, at some point, it was like a python last night. They, they put the squeeze on San Diego State. State, and then they just started squeezing tighter and tighter. And then at point, San Diego State made it close. But I never got the feeling the whole game that they would be able to, to overcome UConn. Like, I was hoping when they got it to five, I said, okay, we might have some drama here. Because you it texted it, us an exclamation point. I thought that indicated excitement. About, I texted about you guys. the game at San, when San Diego State was making it close. You texted us in the group. You did. Was that not it? I don't remember that. No, anyways, go ahead. Move on. <laughs> that was to my text about all the NIL money college athletes were making. I thought it was because it was during that time. I really thought Wes was actually in the championship game because it was right after San Diego State made it within five points. And then you texted. I was like, all right, Wes is in it. No, because at that point, I wanted some chaos. Like uh-huh. once they cut it to five, I said, okay, I'm kind of rooting for San Diego State. Uh, to come back and get this thing. That's hilarious. The timing is insane. Yeah, just to make it a little bit chaotic. But other than that, like I said, it was a mundane championship game for a mundane tournament. Um, it was uh, mundane is fine. The tournament was not mundane. It no. was, man. I, I mean, the tournament was not. A lot of the big teams got knocked out and, and stuff like that, which is cool to a point. But then, like I said, when you get this final four that we had, it nah, man. Nah. So, so look, UConn wins seventy six to fifty nine. San Diego State brought it within five, and that was about it. And the unfortunate part about it is that. We all did kind of know that UConn was going to run away with it. Now, when they did bring it within that point total, Jordan Hawkins hit what was a tough three, eight-point lead at that point, and then they were able to separate themselves as the game would go on. Mm -hmm. There was not a large portion of this game that was close in a big stretch, but it is not one of the worst championship games ever as far as being like bottom five, even in recent memory. I can give you, hell, two years ago, when Gonzaga got destroyed by Baylor, that was a worst championship game. The Bulldogs didn't have a shot in that one. San Diego State did in the second half. That game was awful. Like, if you wanted to come in here on a Monday after Baylor destroyed Gonzaga, I'd be with you. No, this like, is it was true. A tough game. You make a good point, but at least in that Baylor 
uh, Gonzaga game, we had some star power. We had some storylines to look at and things of that nature because the kid, uh, the point guard from Baylor, I forget his name. He was well, they had Davion Mitchell, they had Jared yeah. Butler. Yeah, that, Suggs and the crew like that. So, I mean, there that, that was, was a lot to watch there as far as players and seeing who was going to do what. And we certainly didn't come into the game thinking it would go like that. You might have confirmation bias because of your disinterest in the championship game anyway. And it's not like it was fantastic. I'm not going to get it twisted. It was not one of the best by any means it was below average for sure it was definitely below average but i anytime i think of the worst championship game i've ever watched nothing comes close to uconn and butler in 2011 Mm -hmm. that was a rock fight yeah i think butler had the lead after the first half and i still even knew yeah kimball walker's gonna take over he's gonna shoot a low percentage because this game was so bad but he's gonna hit enough shots for them to win i forget even the score of that one that's the worst (laughs) championship game i've ever seen i I hated every second of it so you're right though it was wasn't crazy exciting. Still, UConn does get the win. Now, you talk about not a lot of star power, but at the end of the day, the way we defined it yesterday, we do have a blue blood winning the national championship. And of course, Jim Calhoun, UConn legend that really got this program off the ground. He had this to say about whether they belong in that category in college basketball. So what is a blue blood? Do you have to win championships in the toughest league in the country during that time, particularly the Big East? If you win the most national championships in your era, a 25-year period, does that make you blue blood? Uh, is that just a, a crazy name given to school that might have won 25 years ago? I have nothing against 25 years ago. What I'm saying to you simply is that we've been incredibly good. Our schools have been great. I won a couple championship championships. Kevin won one. And now we're, on the, now we're ranked in the top five in the country to even make it that. Um, that's a blue blood. You know, you, you, Ray Allen, uh, Kimba, Mecca, um, Don Yama, you go through the list. We are certainly a blue blood. I don't worry about that. I know that we've beaten enough good folks over the year, had enough championships, that there's no doubt in my mind that we're one of the, and we may be the program of, 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 the, uh, of this, this century thus far. You're talking about in the last 25 years. Yeah them having five championships now it's not like there's a ton of final fours like a lot of times when you see the programs get to the final four they're going to have double digits and then only have the five championships to show for it if that makes sense north carolina had this problem it was the biggest criticism for dean smith for quite a while same thing with roy williams couldn't get it done once you actually got to the big game the thing that's weird is it's almost the exact opposite for uconn if they get to the final four most likely, they're going to win the whole thing. That's what's happened with the Huskies ever since 1999. I just can't look the other way on this anymore. And We talked about it yesterday. But, Wes, they're a blue blood, man. You, you can't have that many championships. You can't have it all this spread out, too. It's not like they got it all done within basically a 10-year stretch. We're talking about different portions, three different coaches. So now you have some institutional power that doesn't all belong to Jim Calhoun. Not really much of it lasts for or belongs to Kevin Ollie as soon as he got ran out of stores because after the championship, it went so poorly. And now here you are with Coach Hurley who got who got the championship. I don't know how you call him anything other than a blue blood program after their fifth championship since 99. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, once they tie Duke and Duke is held in that regard, but all five of those titles coming after 99. So to me, they're blue blood and a new blood. You know what I'm saying? And so now uh, you look at the not so early top 25s that pre season number one uh, and they hit as high as number two uh, this season but this is a program that's getting back on track like you said after the uh, stuff with Kevin Ollie but uh, they look like they're back around and they're here to stay 
Anthony, no question, right? UConn in this conversation. I know you kind of came around to it as we've been discussing this particular question over the last month. I mean, you're talking about a, a program that's got five natties since 99 by three different head coaches. Only is it Carolina and Kansas are the only other two schools that, that have that to their ledger. Over over the course of their program's history, yes. by the way. Not the 25-year qualifier that UConn has. So I, I think the question isn't only are they a blue blood. Yeah, they're a blue blood. Are they a bigger blue blood than Duke? Are they a bigger blue blood than Indiana? Are they a bigger blue blood? You gonna say it? You are gonna they bigger it? blue uh, than than UCLA? You, 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 gotta, you gotta say it. You gotta yeah. say the other one. Uh, is another the other team you forgetting? Asking. I'm just asking. You gotta say the other one. Which one am I forgetting? <laughs> the one on your head. <laughs> North oh, Carolina. The, no. We're, we're the okay. standard program in, right. in, in the sport. So no. Okay. I'm just asking. I mean, do you do you want me? Uh, I will cuss and then not feel bad about doing it if you want to make me cuss today. I'm just so, asking. So I, I think that's the thing about it is like, yes, no, they're a blue blood. And I think they got more to their ledger than other blue bloods, I think, now with five natties by three different head coaches. Would you say since they've won them all since 99 that they've been a better program than Carolina? God, yeah. I mean, you know, Mac was talking about because they've missed so many tournaments, do they qualify as a blue blood? It's a fair yeah. question, to be honest, though. That's like, what I was. That's what I was thinking. I, you that's got why banners, I said, though. Yeah, that's why I agree. You got racks on racks on racks. They got banners on banners on banners on the men's and the women's side. Like, so that's yeah. why I was saying new blood with them too. Well, and if we're and if we're you know going to the women's side, then UConn's been a blue blood forever. I mean, if we're if yeah. we include as and, far and as and this. see, that's the thing too with the men and the women of UConn, the consistency. Uh, for the men's program, has it been there like it's been there for the women's and some of the other programs that we're talking about? When you talk about the Dukes and Carolinas, they haven't missed the tournaments as much as UConn has. Well, and look, too. In that time span. A, a lot of this, if you, I mean, you could argue this pretty easily if you wanted to, but a lot of this can just go based off of feeling as well. Do you feel like you're watching a Blue Blood program? And when I watch UConn getting to the Final Four, I feel like I'm watching a Blue Blood program. See, that's a good question you pose because they haven't been in that spot in a little while. And because of the tournaments that they miss, I don't necessarily get the feeling I'm watching a Blue Blood when I'm when I watch. Which is why play. it leads to this debate, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't get the feeling when you brought that into the equation. I That's what I think. You know, may, maybe this is just the basketball junkie in me. When they were in the American, that answer was no. Mm-hmm. But now that they're back in the Big East, when they're playing in Gamble Pavilion and Villanova's there, if Georgetown ever comes back from the dead, Xavier, whatever, to me, that has a Blue Blood feeling. You're in a basketball-rich arena and you're in a basketball-rich conference with a basketball-rich head coach now and Dan Hurley. So to me, now that they're back in the beast, they do give me blue blood vibes. I like Mint Hillbilly's text on the Garage Door Guru text line. I honestly thought the team's color had to be blue, and I think you're right. Indiana, <laughs> move on over. You're not in this conversation. Welcome, UConn. You fit the bill. Last thing I wanted to get to, I need you guys to text me and either make fun of me or say it was worth my time. This we'll is important. Both. Okay, that's that's fair. Honestly, I might deserve it. After Jim Nance sign-off, where he said, thanks for being my friend. Fiddy, you can go to the foul line next segment if you want to. That's totally fair. But with Jim Nance, final call ever at the Final Four, he said, thanks for being my friend. And as soon as he said that, I could not get the Golden Girls theme song out of my head. I made two tweets in reference to it last night because that was the only thing at the forefront of my brain. And yes, I am the guy that decided to take time out of my morning. That was kind of a crazy morning, by the way. I decided to take 
time out of my morning to make a Jim Nance Golden Girls theme song. You're creative. What can you say? Fiddy, can you play the theme song as we go to break, and then we will come back from it? Also, well, do we want to do the Hornets? Should we play it at the beginning of the second segment instead with this Hornets giveaway we're supposed to do? Nah, just go ahead and fire up the, the phone line. They can wait so we can play this intro. All right, let's go ahead and do that. Let's do the Hornets giveaway right now. If you're the third caller, 704-570-9610. You can win some Hornets tickets to tonight's game at the Spectrum Center against the Toronto Raptors. Third caller, 704-570-9610. You can win some Hornets tickets. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participating mcdonald's for a limited time life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, folks. What do we think? Was it worth the time? You can text us, 704-570-9610, to spend time out of my morning to try to mash up the Golden Girls theme song and Jim Nance sign-off. Text us on the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. 704-570-9610. We had Stanford P. He wrote in, Walker, that was legendary goat status. Thank you, Stanford P. means a lot coming from I thought you. it was dope, man. Well, it means a lot coming from you, too. Yeah, man. Joe Gibbs Jr., he said, straight, all caps, cheesy, Walker. Golden <laughs> Girls and Jim Nance are TV gold. I don't know if he's, like, joking with me yeah. and then saying that they're they're gold, so I should have done a better job mm. with it or whatever, or if I should have just left it alone. And the problem is I was late getting out of my house this morning because I had some computer problems, one. But then I had to restart, update everything, got that going. And then usually when I walk out of the house, I'll let the dogs out real quickly in the backyard. Or I'd cool, you know, last time going out because they're about to be home all by themselves for a while. But the beagle, who gets in trouble a lot, old Guinness, let him out of the backyard. Wouldn't come when I called him. I'm like, all right, great. Guinness has gotten out before, too. Mm -hmm. And he's a beagle, and so he might catch some kind of scent in the air and then just move on. Mm -hmm. Gone. See ya. GPS tracker is what we need on him. Yeah. And so I thought he might have gotten out of the backyard, kept calling him, kept calling him I'm like, great, I'm cursing. You know, everybody's having to dump me because I'm cursing over there at the backyard. 
And then he finally shows himself. He'd never left the yard. He actually came out from under the shed. Okay, mm. so there's the shed. I thought he was behind it, wasn't there, but he was under it. And he was, so white coat is what the beagle has for sure. And just all black because he was so muddy. Oh. So right as I'm about to leave to come here to the studio, I had to, and he smelled so bad too. Mm. So bad. So now, you know, now I'm cursing too. I'm real mad and I have to give him a bath because he's going to walk around and I'm not trying to hear anything from my girlfriend about how I, the couch is dirty. What happened? What did I do? I didn't do anything. I just wanted to save <laughs> all that. So yeah, Guinness, Guinness made this morning worse. And all the time I'm trying to make this mashup to play on the first set. If, if they, if they go do, do you just leave it? Like you don't, cause if you're an, I'm saying if you're in a rush to get out of the house and they go out there and that's what they do, you just. No, I, well, I kind of, I mean, I kind of was, I didn't have a lot of time, but no, I, I had to give him a bath. It was bad. He smelled too. I don't even know. No, but I was saying if they go number two, do you, do you go out there and scoop it? Or because you're in a rush, you're just like, all right. All right. This is, well, it's an interesting question. (laughs) I told Fitty this, Uh and this is going to be a great text line conversation. I think, (laughs) I think you guys are going to make fun of me. So when I moved in with my girlfriend, Mm -hmm. She had already had a service in place called Poop 911. Shout out to Poop 911. Mm-hmm. When the dogs go number two in the backyard, once a week, somebody from Poop 911 will come in and scoop it. Every, Turd. every Wednesday. They'll scoop exactly what that was. Every single Wednesday. And the great news about it is you might say, Walker, that's bougie. Why are you, it is. Why are you wasting money on that? And I hear you. But the thing is, it's only 10 bucks a month. Oh. It's 10 bucks a month for one time a week, somebody to come to your backyard. We got a little gate out back. It's all good. They just let themselves in. They close it on the other side. And you're out 10 bucks a week, 40 bucks a month for somebody to come in, scoop all the poop out of the backyard, and then leave you on your merry way with a clean yard every week. I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing we do. It is so worth it. It might be bougie. I'll be that. Yeah. I will be bougie if you want me to, but it is so worth it. We never playing football on your yard unless it's a Wednesday. No, but you can. I said unless it's a Wednesday. Well, I mean, it's like everything is, you know, they go use it at a certain spot of the yard, and so we got some <laughs> we got some green there. We're all good. Fitty got mad, like not mad at me, but you felt some type of way. How bougie is it? Even I was about to a- say, Fitty, of all the things he could say, I'm surprised you don't go in on, on that one. I well, would think that'd be right up your alley. But it's Too only ten bucks a month, though, or ten bucks a week. Well, the biggest, for, the big, you're doing a disservice to your lawn. Like the poop serves as a natural fertilizer. Not do- dog poop it's is not the same. It still fertilizes the grass. Why do you think that Look area where they crap is more green? Look it up. What? Where the the? It's not more green. You just said we got some green where they go and do their business. That's your exact word. No, I'm saying we got some green where it's away. Like for us to go play football, where Wes was saying we need to go play football in we the backyard. We have to invite us over to your house first, and you've been on That's, the show for six, what, almost six months now, hasn't happened? I'll invite you to the house as soon as you invite us. That's what that's, my house isn't set up to have you guys over. All right, why if not? It, if it was, I have a room. Flounder gets to come over. He sits in a chair in my room. You want to sit in a chair in my room? I can sit in a chair or the floor. I'm not hard to. <laughs> I'm not gonna put you on the floor. Not hard I'm to better host serve. Than I can that. sit. I can sit on the floor and hang out. I mean, but you never invited us. We don't know. Yeah. You could be lying because you are the cat king. We can king. figure it out. Come over tomorrow then. You are the cat king. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. hundred percent. Yeah. Nine one zero saying that's lazy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you knew that was coming. Well, I did. But also, like, 
these people are right. It is not it is not like cow manure or any manure that helps your grass grow. Dog dog poop is not the same. It's nasty. It's worse. Mm. It is not the same. You're going to have dry patches in your yard. If you know what? You got dogs, right? At the house that we've never been to cuz yep. you never invited us. Two of them. Go go put it in the yard and see how great it is. At one spot, see how see how lush the grass is in that one. Well, I mean, spot. look, you also gotta you know you gotta fertilize the crap itself. You know that that's how you make it. Tell us how we do that. <laughs> look, I don't know. How what they does do that it. mean? You know, ask Kyle when he comes in at three o'clock because he looks like a guy who fertilizes crap for a living. I don't know what that <laughs> means. Wow, <laughs> not so much a stray as a direct shot from Fitty. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Okay, time to get sneaked up on by the mock draft melee. Here's Todd McShay. Mel Kuyper Jr.'s first mock draft of the season. He loves it every With time. With the first, second, third pick in the NFL draft, here comes the commissioner. All right, I'm the commissioner here. We have another mock draft because we're going to be paying attention to a lot of this sort of thing as we lead up to the selection process. And to no surprise, Todd McShay, in just the latest edition of his mock drafts, he has the Carolina Panthers taking C.J. Stroud number one overall. And I know that we've talked about the possibility of Anthony Richardson being that number one pick, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Those are still the two guys that are the leaders in the clubhouse. But here's what he writes about C.J. We know the Panthers are drafting a QB. They've been searching for a long-term fix and sent a big bag of assets to Chicago to jump up here and find that QB. He's the best pocket passer in the class with outstanding accuracy. His 88-9 total QBR last season was second in the country. He threw for 41 TD passes, just six interceptions. He should be an immediate upgrade and could have the Panthers challenging for the NFC South title in short order. I want to ask you about that last sentence, Wes. Do you think that if C.J. Stroud was the pick at number one, that he could have the Panthers challenging for the division title, even with the Saints bringing in your boy, Derek Carr, as their starting QB? Uh, A lot of variables to that question, but me, I like to be decisive, so I'm going to answer the doggone question. I don't think the Panthers are going to win the division next season because I do think the Saints are the better team, but I do think that uh, C.J. Stroud can have them in the right direction, and I think he can have them in a space where they could possibly win it the next season, but I don't know that head-to-head he's going to outdo Derek Carr and the Saints in his rookie year, especially Especially, we know the Saints' defensive pedigree. I think they're going to throw a lot at the young guy. So I think some of those matchups are going to be tough for him to handle right out of the gate. Yeah, I think Stroud and Bryce Young, both of them, would help you for sure. I think potentially it could be. I'd still have the Saints winning the division. I don't feel great about it. And that could absolutely change as we get closer to the beginning of the season as it's only April 4th. Mm -hmm. We haven't even gone through the NFL draft. But, yeah, I think absolutely there there could be that potential with somebody as good as C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Now, we also have the 39th selection here as a part of Todd McShay's mock draft. And he has the Carolina Panthers not selecting an edge rusher, not selecting a wide receiver, but instead selecting a guard, helping out the offensive line. Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Here's what he writes. Let's get Stroud some protection on the interior. Torrance allowed just two sacks over 47 starts, many of which came at Louisiana before transferring, and he rarely gives up ground to pass rushers. He'd also help open things up for Miles Sanders in the run game and as he shows the ability to control linemen and move them laterally. 
I don't know how much we know about Osiris Torrance at this time. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about the position. You did hear Todd McShay's analysis there. What would you make of this pick if this was the selection at 39? Something different for it. Uh, it's interesting. I like to go to a lot of different sources to get intel on guys. But, Sauces. Uh, see, I'm at 6'5", six, six, 330 pounds. But the thing you look at, not the most athletic guy. I mean, 5'3", 140. That, that's pretty solid for a guy of that size. 23 and a half vert, though. Not very explosive. Eight and a half broad jump. Not very explosive as well. Uh, when you look up the reasons that people do like the guy... The run game, like I said, with that size, he's made to be a road grader. He's going to be a physical guy. And then when he can anchor that big body down, he is going to be hard to get past uh, and pass protection. But then you talk about, like I said, some of that athleticism. Uh, lateral agility is a question on him. And it, he's also stated as having limited range uh, as a blocker in pass protection. And also the strength, too. I mean, a guy 6'5", 330, 23 bench reps, that's okay. But you want to see a guy... Uh, of that stature probably a little bit higher. I think it would be a decent pick, but it also goes off of uh, what's around. You know what I'm saying? What players are available when he's picked? There are some other guys uh, that would be, you know, more exciting picks, but picking offensive linemen is never sexy. No, it's not, and I don't mind a guard being that selection overall. And Mm -hmm. this is something, too, where we all feel very good about the offensive line. I don't know if it's top five in the NFL right now. I think it could be. You feel very good about the offensive line? I feel very good about them. You think very is too much? Yeah, I think very might be strong. I think think they're up and coming line. I feel good about them, but they they could still be better. They could still use some some tweaks. Like if they can find some ways to upgrade at guard and get some better players, I think that would take that line to another level. Well, I mean, the upgrade at guard, it would pretty much be Brady Christensen. And the, the, so, so here are the problems, if you were to point out all the weaknesses. Baked into the cake as far as feeling good about the offensive line is expecting Iki Aquanu to make a jump. Yes, so certainly. If, if he doesn't, then you're right. Like That's a big problem if he doesn't take a jump, even if he was okay last year. But that is kind of expected. Then you go to the left guard. Compared to Austin Corbett, who had a really good year last year, but he got hurt, tore his ACL in the very last game of the regular mm-hmm. season. I think we expect him most likely to be back. But that's still a big-time injury. You can't set your watch to it. And so perhaps you'd like to get some depth. That's something I've talked about. So maybe if Austin Corbett comes back, I'm going to feel good. We brought back Bradley Bozeman. We like him at center. I feel very, I do feel very good about Taylor Moten over at the right side. He's been doing it for a while. He's posted good numbers. Really like what Taylor Moten can do. Brady Christensen is probably the weakest link, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even feel awful about him. I think he's a solid enough guy to where I feel good about the offensive line. But if you wanted to upgrade that and just even have some depth, maybe that's the spot where Torrance would come in or any guard you would draft at 39 come in and help you compete, right? That would be somebody that competes against Christensen. Would you say he's probably the guy you're looking to as quote-unquote weakest link? Uh, Maybe so. He's still a young guy, and he can still get better. So that's what's on his side. But I think just for the main fact that, like I told you, I'm not the biggest Taylor Moten fan. I think in an ideal world, you could draft a guy that's got tackle type of ability and game that you could maybe select there and then perhaps put him on the inside. Who, Moten? No, I'm saying the the guy that you pick. And then maybe one day he could replace Moten out there at that tackle spot. Uh, or, you know, if you found a guy that's dominant enough, I mean, it would be tough, especially with what you're paying Moten to kick him down inside. But ideally, you would want to draft a guy with tackle ability and be able to put him on the, the inside, too, if he's able to do that. Because most offensive linemen are going to be versatile. You can take them 
and, and put them in a lot of spots. Center's really the only one that's more specialized. Well, and Taylor Moten's pass protection numbers were awesome last year. The run blocking had been more so of his forte in recent years. I expect that to come back. And the thing about the offensive line, too, is they have different strengths in what Mm -hmm. we've seen. Bradley Bozeman considered that run grade guy more so than the pass blocker. He's had some good games there. Still a big-time acquisition. I did want to play this from Darren Gant on the Kyle Bailey show just last week discussing more about why it was so big to bring the center back. It was big. I mean, especially if you're thinking about a five foot ten quarterback, having a 320-pound center in front of him might be nice to have. So I, I think that was pretty significant for that. And also with Austin Corbett coming off that ACL. I mean, Brady Christensen broke his ankle in the last game, too, and that's going to be something he's probably not out there from day one of OTAs. But uh, Corbett's the one you worry about being available for the opener with a nine-month ACL coming in week 17. So – I think Bozeman coming back, you know, if Cade Mays or or um, McCray has to step in and start a game or two at right guard, then you're okay with that. But you didn't want to be replacing two of them uh, from last year's starting line going into the years. Yeah, Brady Christensen with the broken ankle is, is somewhat interesting too. I mean, I guess you're you're still expecting him to be ready. That's not going to be nearly as bad as an ACL rehabilitation-wise. What did you make of Darren Gant's soundbite there? Uh-oh. Some of the stuff that people say. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What does Bryce Young's size have to do with the size of the lineman? Why does he have to have a ginormous offensive lineman in front of him? I, I mean, the comment was cool. I'm just saying that, that I just really didn't think that played much significance. He needs to have a ginormous center in front of him if you're going to have a 5'9 quarterback. Like, what? Like, what difference does that make? I'd yeah, rather I have wanna, a skilled. I a good one, I I, guess. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather have a skilled offensive lineman. If a guy's 360 pounds, or if the guy's 290, it, it, it doesn't matter. If I have a small uh, quarterback back there who is the center, can he play? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the Saints' offensive line kind of big around Drew Brees though? Like, isn't that the way the NFL teams kind of build? Uh-huh. Like, you want big guys up front to protect your small quarterback, and we all know Bryce Young's body is susceptible or susceptible to get hit, and if he gets hit, he's going to get hurt. I, I don't remember. He got the, hit at Alabama. I mean, maybe he may, got hurt at Alabama. I mean, when? I mean, he left the Arkansas. He got hurt for a little bit, but big quarterbacks get hurt too. Last time I checked. I mean, I guess to be honest with you, I don't really know about the Saints being known for their big offensive line. I just (laughs) know they had a good one, right? Like Toronto. You know, most offensive linemen come pretty big. Well, I mean, Teron Armstead was the left tackle for a while. He was an awesome guy, combine warrior coming out of Pine Bluff. I know they drafted Ramchek in that crazy draft they had, and he's become one of the better offensive linemen. They traded for Eric McCoy. I know they just had good offensive linemen. I guess I don't know what their comparison is, but we'll see. Yeah, honestly, just give me the good ones. If he's big and he's good, fantastic. Block for Bryce Young. Yeah, that's ideal. That's the prototype. Big and good. Let's just just roll with that. He's good. Yeah. All right, 704-570-9610. Share your thoughts on the offensive line. Would you be okay with the Panthers drafting a guard at number 39? Would you be okay with hearing Fitty's first flash of the day? I know we are. we got to go to it. What you got for us, Fitty? All right, guys, we're going to take a look around the baseball diamond from yesterday. The Braves, they beat the Cardinals 8-4 to behind a Ronald Acuna Jr. three-run home run. My beloved New York Mets, they lost 10 to nothing yesterday. Did you hear Chip Carey 
on the call. And was it weird to hear him really call that for the Cardinals and have different inflections for a different team outside of the Atlanta Braves? Um, I did not because... The Austin Riley home run, didn't he hit one like 477 yesterday? I think that's I right. I saw Tani hit a bomb. Yeah, yeah. he did. Oh, yeah, that was true, too. But you I think... Tani. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's so great. Honestly, I don't... Honestly, Fiddy, I'm kind of pulling for him to go to the Mets just so we have some kind of just savior out of the Angels organization. I, if, if he goes to the Mets, I'm completely fine with it. I, I am willing to do a lot of things for Steve Cohen to spend $500 million on Otani to be in Flushing. I know you would, and I don't want to explore those things that you would do. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I had one more thing you wanted to get through Just going to say that the Knights, they're back in action tonight. They start their first road trip of the year, a six-game series at Columbus. Starts at 6.15 on, uh, on M. ILB TV. Okay, there you go. We'll be watching. We'll give you a full update tomorrow on that game. It's Weston Walker off and running. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, Wesson Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter, and the WFNZ Instagram. And it's that time, time for the campus. Kona! All right, national championship was last night, but one of my favorite things to do when a national championship game ends is to go look at the way too early top 25s, get those projections, what's going to happen next season. I just love it. Can't get enough of it. I almost forgot to look at them for college basketball, but I did, and we've got a few uh, ACC teams holding it down in there. Duke is number three. Uh, Miami's number 14. North Carolina at number 19. I was pretty surprised by that. We're going to get into that. UConn is the preseason early favorite for Mm -hmm. uh, next season. Just to give you guys a top five, Marquette is two. Duke is three, as I said. Kentucky's four. And Florida Atlantic. Look at the changing face of college basketball. I haven't seen a preseason top five like this in quite some time. But what do we think about this uh, just the teams that are in it and the ACC team. Well, I mean, Duke being number three, that would be a change from what we expected for them to be number one. But the key thing to note here is that their projected starting lineup, yep. at least in this scenario, does not include Kyle Filipowski. I think we expect an announcement sometime soon. 
Hopefully this week we'll try to get some clarity on whether Filipowski yeah, is coming back to Duke or going to enter the NBA draft. But if he comes back, then you might just have Duke jump all the way up to number one because the projected starting lineup, it's Jeremy Roach number uh, Jeremy Roach coming back. Mm-hmm. Proctor's already announced it. Mark, Mitch, uh, Mark Mitchell already announced it. And then you have the number eight and the 16 prospects out of the top 100 <laughs> to, to be in the starting lineup. It's pretty impressive. Hey, you're not going to say the young boy's name? Uh, I was not until you called me out, and so now I will. <laughs> McBacco and Stewart. Yeah, so. that's, that's hard. McKenzie and Mbako. I'm just going with Mbako for well, now until hard, we hear that's it. That's why I wasn't going to say well, his name. I mean, but Sean Stewart, Sean Stewart isn't hard. That's correct, but if I wasn't going to name one, then I want to name any of yeah, them. Yeah, but let's let the young boys get their shine on. Mackenzie and, and Sean. I was going <laughs> to ask you, though, do you think that they're taking their time because Duke is trying to get some of these NIL bags up to entice them to stay? Absol- I think that could be going on, too. Absolutely trying could Trying to be. get some deals going. That would make sense. Now, the only other thing real quickly would be, could they jump UConn after they just won the championship? Championship. Uh, the projected starting lineup for them does not include a Hawkins. It does not include a Klingon. So maybe they expect that he does go to the NBA, but it's not like he started anyway. You still have Sonogo. They're projecting him to come back, even if there is some opt-out possibility there. So UConn, they have a bunch of different things in the air right now as, as far as trying to project them. Yeah, man. And so, But Carolina, though, when you look down and look at where they have them, we know that R.J. Davis is back. We know that um, Armando Baycott is back. But when you look at their projected starting lineup, Seth Tremble, Simeon Wilcher, uh, Jalen Washington, Armando Baycott, and R.J. Davis, as I said, has them at number 19 in the country. Is this a little presumptuous? Are they looking at the name on the front of the jersey? Fitty, you can chime in on this as well. Do you think this is a bit too rich for Carolina, giving the uncertainty with the depth of the roster or what? No, I, I don't think so because because they are Carolina. They will be given the benefit of the doubt. Right. And, you know, 19 yeah. isn't, you know, top 10 or top 5. Like 19 is, you know, they've come in there before. And so, um, and, and to me, I, I don't think Carolina should be higher rated no matter what they do, no matter who reclassifies or whatever, than, than, than a top 15 team. Like, we put this team preseason number one. And they fell flat on their faces and did a whole bunch of nothing over the, this last year. They got to earn back some graces with the voters and stuff like that. So I don't look at it and say 19's too high. Well, and I view them kind of in the same category as Gonzaga, who also is going to earn the benefit of the doubt, even if you are talking about a very different conference, right? I mean, Gonzaga is expected to hit the portal hard. North Carolina is going to try to hit the portal as well. They're going to lose some legendary player in one case, like a Drew Timmy, who's not coming back in the projected starting lineup. But North Carolina actually does have guys coming back in Davis and Armando. I think that's big. They're both really good players. The season went horribly, horribly wrong for a couple of different circumstances, but I do think there is an addition by subtraction with Caleb Love. As much as I hate to say that, he has a great memory in Carolina basketball lore, but there is a real addiction, uh, addition by subtraction there. So I think Carolina being, look, top 20, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it, right? I don't think it's egregious. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I kind of go off the what have you done for me lately concept, so you look at it, but... I mean, it is Carolina, and I guess they are going to give them another shot, like I said, to see what they could do next season. There's still a lot of work to be done uh, on that roster. So, I mean, we're going to see. I mean, they're going to need some guys to step up for sure. Do we see Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington taking that leap? I mean, obviously, Washington averaged two points a game, Seth Trimble uh, around two points a game. So, obviously, they're going to take a jump, but is it going to be big enough to turn Carolina back into Carolina? I'll give you the hockey assist and go to Fiddy host of the four corners here i'll ask you this though bigger 
potential between Jalen Washington and Seth Trimble. We'd go Washington, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would just because Seth Trimble can't can't shoot the ball. The thing is, is that the biggest jump traditionally for Carolina basketball players in particular is the freshman to sophomore year. We saw Kayla Love, R.J. Davis. They improved from their freshman to sophomore years. It, it doesn't matter, though, unless they're given a much larger role and given a chance to see what they can do. I'm going to say yes. I think they both take a big step forward next year because if they don't, Carolina probably misses a tourney. Right now, you don't have a choice. Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington, if they don't take big steps up, then you're absolutely right, Wes. They should not be in the top 25, yeah. even with R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. It does lead me to this question. Is North Carolina a good, not great, not fantastic, not even Brady Manic. but are they a good transfer away from being a legitimate preseason top 20 team? Because if they get one guy maybe out there on the wing that you feel good about, you're talking about 60% of your starting five being somewhat proven, again, based off of what I'm picturing with this transfer, and then hoping Washington, Trimble, Simeon Wilcher, all those guys hopefully coming along. That's what I think is huge. I think they're kind of one transfer away from, okay, let's breathe some life into this Carolina program. I think that it helps for sure, but I think they'll be very top-heavy because the main thing is they've had so many defections. They had bench issues last season, and that was one of the things that hurt them, and I think that's going to be one of the key things that they need to get if they do want to be that type of team. I'll take it one step further. Baylor guard LJ Cryer entered the portal yesterday. If L.J. Cryer winds up at Chapel Hill, A, I will come to the studio naked every day. Okay. And I don't then know how B, this benefits us, but and okay. Then, and then B, they'd be, in my opinion, that's a preseason top 10 team because look at that backcourt. Him, R.J. Davis, you've got Armando in the front court. So depending on what type of transfer they add, you could vault them in the top 10 in my opinion. Mr. Cryer, please do not go to Carolina <laughs> after we got that proclamation. I, now I, right. Now I'm in a weird I, – I would love for that to happen, but now I don't. Now i got to see Fitty naked. What what's what should I – You've already what? seen me shirtless in my boxers. I mean, why as well just take them off? It's not like I asked for it, though. Flounder showed me the picture on his phone, and before I could say no, I already saw it. Real quickly, big-time transfers out there, not only LJ Cryer, Max Abmus, who was a hero of the tournament a couple of years ago when Oral Roberts got to the Sweet 16 and Hunter Dickinson out there too. Now, I know you said probably Maryland, Fitty, but Dickinson, I know people have been talking about Miami given their situation. Yeah, being it's going to be people that's going to get friendly. some bags up for him. But we got some awesome transfers though. Like this is a yeah. fun portal and this is kind of what people were talking about with the free agent feel mm-hmm. to college basketball. You're kind of getting it here. Yeah, because I saw uh, Jameer Nelson's son also on that list, yeah. Jameer Nelson Jr., but he ended up going to TCU so, like you said, you do have a college free agency going on right now, and it's pretty cool, I think. But when we return on the Wes and Walker show, a little bit of quarterback role play. Walker and I are going to transform ourselves and make our cases to be the number one pick at quarterback. That's when we return. This is the Wes and Walker show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.